All right, amen, amen. Thank you so much for leading us in worship this morning. Good morning, everyone. And uh, I want to welcome you all here this morning. And uh, for those that are here uh, in the room, and then for those that are uh, participating virtually uh, online, we're really grateful uh, that we can be together. Um, again, recognizing every day uh, certainly is a gift. And uh, every, every year, uh, particularly every fall, around every sometime at week in October, Spiritual Formation um, has had a rhythm for the last several years to partner with global and local engagement and what we call a Global Awareness Week. And if you were here on Monday, uh, we had Professor Dale Lemke kind of kick that off and talking about a kingdom missions perspective uh, from Matthew 9. And uh, typically throughout the week of Global Awareness Week, we have different, different representatives of different missions agencies that are here on campus. We typically have table after table, line after line of different people over in the billy, uh, ways for you to be plugged in, ways for you to become not just aware, uh, but, but ways that you can act and move into action. And so um, that like everything else this fall, um, everything that we're doing, the, you know, really the, the what we're seeking not to change, but the how certainly has. And so while we're not able to have upwards of usually a couple dozen different representatives here on campus, we're grateful that this morning uh, we have three. And, uh, and uh, representing uh, Pioneers, Frontiers, and Overland Missions. And uh, we wanted to, in partnership with Global and Local Engagement, um, have a conversation um, about global awareness, about missions, and really having continuing our kingdom mindset um, as we've been journeying through um, this theme of, of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God uh, this fall. So uh, I want to begin uh, just asking each of our panelists, if you would, to simply just introduce yourself, your name, uh, what, what, what's the mission agency uh, that you're representing, and tell us a little bit about your ministry and what you do and, and the emphasis that you bring to God's kingdom. Uh, yeah, my name is Marie, and I live in South Minneapolis. So I moved back from the Horn of Africa about a year ago, a little more than a year ago. And right now I'm working with the Somali community. As most of you probably know, there's thousands of Somali refugees and immigrants that live in the Twin Cities. In fact, it's the largest, it's the city with the largest population of Somalis in the whole U.S. And um, so basically what I'm doing is I'm just living among them. I moved into an apartment building in South Minneapolis surrounded by Somali families and um, also some Vietnamese families. And so I can see my neighbors every day. And a lot of what I'm doing is life on life, um, tutoring, I'm helping with citizenship classes, um, GED classes, English, and also uh, just trying to find other tutors from nearby churches in the community that would want to kind of mentor and tutor a family. So a lot of them want tutors, tutoring with their kids right now for academics. So really my heart is to not, not just be me, but to multiply myself and to have other followers of Jesus introduced to families where they can start building their own relationships and being a witness, being a light in the Somali community. And so we have, so I'm actually with Pioneers, which is a worldwide mission organization but I'm also connected to SALT, which is with Arrive Ministries, and it's called Somali Adult Literacy Training. So we, um, we ask people that they apply for SALT, and then we can set them up with a weekly tutoring position with a Somali family. And so a lot of what I'm doing is just face-to-face, -face, building relationships, praying for opportunities to share the gospel. 
Thank you. Thank you. Either no particular order. We can. Okay. Oh, me. Hi. <laughs> Um, my name is Jenna Call. I'm with an organization called Overland Missions, and we work largely with countries around the world to bring, um, honestly, actually, we, we work with the local church to bring um, congregation members like yourselves into unreached people groups to share the gospel for the sake of setting down um, long-term discipleship in different countries that we're working in. We're working in countries such as Zambia. We're building teams to Cambodia right now, me and my cohort Zach here, waving down there, and uh, um, to Mozambique, to Morocco, to um, many other countries if you want to hear more about which ones we're in. Um, but yeah, we, uh, that, that's basically what we do. We just share the gospel with those people, and we set up discipleship for long-term um, people to come in and continue to minister with the people that we've gone in and evangelized to. Hi, I'm Dave Nelson. I'm with Frontiers, and we're, we're also international. We're pretty similar to Pioneers. Um, in fact, I joke with reps that if people are complaining about Frontiers and something we did theologically or missiologically, I say, well, you must be confused. It must be pioneers because people get us mixed up all the time. We're similar. We send church planting teams to unreached people groups. We specialize in Muslim people groups. Um, and as I apologize to the pioneers reps, they said, it's okay. We do it to you too. So not that that matters. We really want to be at, I love the theme about be kingdom. Uh, one of our goals is to be kingdom big, frontiers small. I don't really care about agencies. I mean, it's a vehicle. Um, as I said, our goal, while we send church planting teams to Muslim countries, really what we're about is with love and respect, inviting all Muslim peoples to follow Jesus. And we do that by uh, sowing, reproducing communities of faith, places where the least reached. Um, you know, the numbers here, and mentioning even those online, are not real big, no criticism, I mean, that don't think. Um, one of my favorite Bible stories is Jonathan and his armor bearer. And you know the story. Two people, and they decide to go uphill, up a mountain, and attack an army. That's kind of ridiculous. It's suicidal. But they, I think Jonathan said to his, his armor bearer, the Lord is not constrained to save by many or by few. So do not be discouraged that the room's not full. God can use you. In fact, scandalous opportunity there are still whole nations with no missionaries and no believers. And that should be a scandal. Uh, the sin of omission on the church for that being the case. Uh, the opportunity in that is you could be the first. Now that full disclosure, those are hard places. They might be where there's lead poisoning possible because of a war, you know, different things. But anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, we, we do some local ministry, more for training. Frankly, I often point to salt. I love salt and arrive ministries. Um, you're just in a really blessed place where the nations have come to our doorstep. Um, this is a fantastic place for training and experience. Um, most, uh, it seems like all the Muslims live here on Central Avenue. They don't. Um, there's still, again, whole nations that nobody's there. Um, yeah, my role is, has been mobilization, which is raising awareness of these needs and opportunities. I've had people say, I didn't know you could do that. You know, the idea of planting a church in a Muslim city, it's uh, kind of ridiculous. Actually, it's just, it's off the charts stupid. 
and it's impossible, but God does it. So, and he uses ordinary people. Um, so anyway, I raise awareness, hey, there's, God's doing this, join in, and then I coach people. And now more recently, I've been morphing into a consulting role with international development, but that doesn't matter. I'm located in New Hope, so I'm available to you, to you folks. Um, love to help those of you in your journey of discerning and walking in God's will for your life. Yeah, and you've kind of each touched on this already, but um, you know, you're aware that in, in, in chapel so far, we've been this, this idea of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And kind of the phrase that we've been using is, you know, we're, we're living in, a, we're obviously in some crazy times and really, uh, you know, some people say it's unprecedented, unparalleled, um, but r- really this idea that we live um, in a lot of ways, really a, a, a racialized, divided, politicized uh, a, a world. And yet, how can we as agents, as ambassadors of God's kingdom, um, really be present and, and really be conduits of God's justice, love, and peace um, as ones who have been entrusted with the gospel? And so, um, could you maybe each share a little bit how uh, and maybe we'll begin, Jenna, maybe if you begin with you, uh, how the, your, the missions agency you represent really furthers God's kingdom vision and how it does, you know, reach people both, both here and far and is gathering people from, from across different spectrums to really unite together under the banner of God's kingdom. Yeah. I think that being a part of this organization has really opened up just vision that might actually be overwhelming to try to like speak out at speak out at once of just like how much there is to get involved with in all areas of just the global church and the and God's vision of his movement that's happening in the earth right now um myself like I said I'm an expeditions leader so I'm actually here for um about eight months out of the year just honestly like building relationships with people and honestly just like calling out like the giftings in them, like seeing the treasure from God's perspective, like asking him, what is the treasure that's laying in front of me right now? Like who, who's in front of me and what do you see about them, God? And how can, how can I, as your ambassador, just like call that out of them and show them that God, that God can use them, that they're not worthless, that they're not, um, any of the lies that the enemy tries to share about them or tries to convince them of, and then like call them into, if the Lord is leading them that way into like going into these unreached people groups that haven't heard. Um, But just, yeah, being aware on this side of, of the sea, like that there's people that are broken all around you. Like there's people that in this room are still like struggling with things and they just need, we just need each other. Like we need to just like build each other up. Like Building the kingdom of God is honestly like, it says like your chaff and your, and your sticks and your hay, like the things that you build in life that don't actually like go towards the kingdom of God will be burnt up. But like when he talks about gold and silver and treasure and jewels, like there's so many different times that if you look all throughout the Bible, it's talking about like people. It's talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. It's talking about the church. It's talking about one another. It's talking about you guys, like about us and about those that are out there, like even just here in Minneapolis, even just here in St. Paul. And so like just building up that kingdom because you are the kingdom. Like the building isn't the kingdom. You are the kingdom. So we build up this gold, silver, and jewels that's in each other. And we draw that out and we call that out and we, we, 
work together and just like spend time together, like just be relational and just build together that way. And uh, this is something like, obviously that's not happening just here. Like this is something that's happening in other, in other people groups in other places. Like everybody has been bought by God. Like there's not just the Jews anymore. There's not the Gentiles anymore. Like everybody that we go into these countries to go to, we, we go and we tell them like, you have been bought by God. You are treasure in the places that like they might be just really like beyond desolate. Like honestly, we live in heaven over here, don't we? Like we live in like really, really wonderful like conditions that is like way lopsided from the other side of the world. There's people that don't know that there's a God that loves them, that paid for their soul, that paid for their life and paid for a relationship with them most importantly. And they also are living in like imbalance of like this side of the world being just like so weighted and heavy with like money. So honestly, like it's just the kingdom vision is all around you. It's wherever you are. It's where you're placed. Like we're here to tell you about opportunities, but your calling is where you're appointed right now. Like God might be calling you into a nation. God might be calling you with one of us, but honestly, like wherever you are, like whether you're with us or whether you're here, God has called you to this kingdom vision, like right where you're placed today, like right in front of the person that you're in front of. Like you don't have to wait for the calling of God. The calling of God is upon you by the Holy Spirit. Like you are already in the calling of God and he has placed you right where you're at for such a time as this. So like, anyway, um, <laughs> praise God. It's so good. It's so good, you guys. Like the gospel is too good to be true news. Like, and we're going and we want to take you guys with us and wherever the Lord is leading us, wherever he's leading you, we want you to like, just be built up in that, like wherever you're at. It's not about where you come, but there are people that if the Lord would break your heart for, the fields are white for harvest. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm done. <laughs> amen. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah, think of kingdom, think of the incredibly high honor we've been given that's offered to us. And frankly, it's something we're already appointed to. We just need to do it well. You can imagine getting a call from the president, whoever that is, uh, in a year and saying, um, I need your help. Well, what's that? Uh, I need an ambassador for France. And you're like, whoa, what an honor. What an intimidating task. Um, you'd be pretty honored, wouldn't you? Um, well, somebody much higher than a president and uh, a kingdom much better than a country, uh, we've been appointed as ambassadors for Christ and to live that out. Now, I was just thinking of an illustration. It was part of a conference, and we were trying to get to know each other small enough, like 40 people. So, okay, let's get to know the participants like you can do in a small group. And so we divided up into just pairs, and the idea was to get to know each other and then in five minutes introduce each other. Well, we almost all got it wrong as far as the person we're introducing, but that's pretty hard to do, isn't it? If you don't know somebody, how do you introduce them? And I think that's the, our first calling is to relationship, not to task. Uh, the 70 disciples, when they came back, they were debriefing with Jesus and they had cast out demons, they'd healed the sick. I can't remember if they raised the dead, but they just, amazing ministry. And this Luke 10, 20, I believe, and this is not even a paraphrase, it's below that, but roughly what Jesus said is, that's all well and good, but rejoice first that your names are written in the book of life. So our first calling is to relationship, to go deep, 
then you can introduce Jesus. If you hardly know him, pretty hard to introduce him. So, and that's the kingdom. Jesus is the kingdom. He's the gospel. And, um, and then we get to be the fragrance of Christ. We're ambassadors, but just the fragrance of his spirit. We may not know it, but I've had, seen many times where people say, there's something different about you. You know, it's not your perfume or your, you know, whatever. It's uh, Christ shows through us if we're intimate with him. So that's just my encouragement, and that's the kingdom, wherever you're at. Here, it's particularly needed where there is no, where there are no believers and there's no exposure to the gospel. But wherever you're at, seek Jesus, and the rest will come into place. Yeah, I think when I think about the kingdom of God, I think of Revelation 5, I believe it is, and how in, before the throne of God, people from every tribe and tongue and nation will be worshiping together. And, you know, I think sometimes about our friends, and maybe a lot of you have friends from different cultures and different people groups, and maybe you don't, but um, I've been studying a little bit about how, what does God call us to do to the stranger? Like, how are we supposed to respond to the foreigner and the stranger in our own city and really, as we read through the Bible, he puts the foreigner on the same level as the orphan and the widow. And, um, and sometimes that's hard to do. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I didn't know any Muslims. I didn't know hardly, I didn't have a lot of diversity when I was young um, in my small town in Wisconsin. Um, but I think to remember that God's kingdom is for everyone and he desires for every tongue and tribe and people to be worshiping before God's throne, which we're called to be a witness around us to our friends and our family, to our neighbors, and the foreigner. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that, where we definitely then need to be intentional sometimes about like, hey, do I have any friends that are believed differently than myself, where I can actually be a witness to them and bring light into the darkness. And so I think that's something that I think of for the kingdom of God is like they're all around us. In St. Paul, there's thousands of people who believe differently than each of us. So, um, You know, something that you've all mentioned a couple of different times, a different phrase um, of that, that of unreached people groups. And, you know, I, a couple of things that would, you know, would a couple of you maybe be able to even dial back even further? What is an unreached people group? And, and what's the connection of reaching those unreached people groups to the fulfillment of the Great Commission? You know, and I think when we, um, uh, sometimes we, we consider, I think, the Great Commission maybe an option to be considered rather than a command to be obeyed. And sometimes maybe we're sitting here and we might think unreached people group, that just seems so far that seems so distant. And what you're doing is, I mean, you're bringing it near, you're bringing it close. It's literally in our own, these people are literally in our, in our own city. And, you know, I think when we look at all of the catastrophic events, um, all of the chaos, all of the layers of crises, um, you know, I've been hearing a lot about, you know, these signs of the end of the age and all these different, you know, speculations. But Jesus was clear, right, in Matthew 24, 14, that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all nations or people groups, ethnos, and then the end will come. Could maybe a couple of you comment on where, who are and where are these unreached people groups and where are we at right now in terms of actually being, are we, are we getting close to that, actually becoming a reality, perhaps maybe even in our generation? 
Yeah, um, Overland Missions works. This is just for example. I'm not trying to just like spotlight. But um, Overland Missions works with a tribe called the Mukubal tribe that um, when we went in and we started sharing with them, they said they, they literally had no locus of like westernized church, nor of Jesus, nor of like anything that we were talking about, like of cities even outside of where they were. They were completely like in an area that they were just like, I could show you pictures of the kinds of things. They still wear like tribal outfits. They'd have like basically no money out there. They're fully like farming subsistence and not super informed on how to do that. There are, so like uh, unreached people groups I think could go as far as like something like that or we could even call like the atheists around us such like unreached people groups. Like it's just the difference between the two is that there are people that because they've literally like never even been submerged in any kind of thing to do with Jesus or God that they're completely just like really good ground to just bring in like start in Genesis like God created the heavens and the earth. We do, we. Um, also share with people in Cambodia the same thing where we just start off in Genesis and just go all the way through as far as just like summarizing the Old Testament to get to Jesus and to get to what he's done for us and it's just like childlike wonder comes over their face and uh, so uh, when you say unreached people groups like the Mukubal tribe when we when we started coming in and talking about talking about church they had a they had heard of like westernized church where they said like we can't be in church or we can't be in your church because we don't sit in rows like we like to sit in circles so we can't be a part of your church so like even just coming in with the truth like coming into places because there's so many people that are misinformed as well like i'd say when we say unreached people groups like in zambia we also work with people that have been around like the Catholic Church and they have like certain churches. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong particularly with the Catholic Church. All I'm saying is that like they don't know the gospel by grace through faith and not by, not by your works. They don't know that it's by the blood of Jesus that when you stand before God and he asks you why should I let you in heaven, what will you say? It's because of what Jesus did for me, not for anything that I could do. And there's so many people in every other religion around the world that they don't know that truth. They don't know that it's not because of something that they can do to like get to God. Like they don't know that he is the truth and that that is the truth. So we still work with people that when we want to unite the church, we don't want to like divide the church, but we work with people that don't know that truth and the Holy Spirit just gives you discernment on that when you're like talking through and you're just getting to know people like it's just it's just a relationship it's just talking to people to find out like if the person like across the street from your apartment where you're living right now is an unreached person but um but yeah I'd say like that's where Ultimately, we want to reach the forgotten people of the world, like the people that literally have not had any kind of missionary or gospel presence. There's, I was reading statistics before I came here and I've read them periodically over time of like, there is 0.1% of the churches, like $7 trillion per year spent on global missions. So there's still like 46 
46,000, or not 46,000, 4,600 unreached people, completely like forgotten unreached people groups in the world, according to Joshua Project. It's like, give or take, like 3,600 or 4,200, something like that. I'm sorry, I don't have the actual, but it's, a, it's like a few thousand people, and it's like tribes, nations, and tongues that are just there for the, just, just, they just need to hear about Jesus, <laughs> like, and uh, they just haven't heard. So, like, um, yeah, forgotten people could be, like, a few different, or un unreached people groups could be a few different definitions, but when we talk about people that are unreached completely, like, there's, there's quite a few. <laughs> and there's only, like, because of that, se uh, that $7 trillion that the church spends in a year, there's 0.1% of that that goes to foreign missions. Um, and uh, I'm not here to, like, be like, money, 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 or anything like that, but, like, 0.1% of the overall of the 99.9 something that actually just stays mostly in, like, the church here. Um, like, it would be so much easier than what we could think if, like, everybody would just, like, give 5% or 10% to global missions, and it would be a really quick advancement if we were to do that statistically. And so, and I think well, I know a lot more could be said about that, but for the, for the sake of time, I, I want to uh, allow each of you to share um, briefly, if you would, uh, just a, a word of encouragement, perhaps maybe even weaving in a little bit of your own testimony, how God called you to where you are today. Um, I mean, at some point or another, you were very much like the, the, maybe some of the students sitting in the room or viewing online and wondering, okay, what about me? I'm saying, yes, Lord, I'm ready. I'm willing to go. I want to be involved. What would be some of those maybe next steps and maybe how they could, a student could reach out to you in a specific missions organization that you represent, but maybe even uh, that another step that you would encourage them to take uh, today. So maybe, Dave, can we start with you and then we'll... Uh, it's really... Briefly, on the unreached people group, I mean, those of us in missions, I think, uh, no criticism, uh, maybe myself, that I speak a language that I don't even realize, it's just my own jargon. So just kind of retracing that, a people group is, there's a formal definition, actually there's one in this little booklet, it happens to be a Frontiers booklet, but what I like is that it does have a definition of that, what's a people group, and it's kind of defined as as far, the largest group of people where the gospel will go without a language barrier or language, culture, or geographic barrier. And each of those can be huge. Imagine being invited to speak in a church in two weeks. Uh, the problem is the church is in Tokyo and they don't speak English. Well, you've got a, several barriers there. Um, so anyway, the gospel doesn't flow without some intentional effort. That's really what missions is about. My own story, um, I didn't give my life to Christ till I was a student at the University of Minnesota of all places. Um, and I was real involved with the Navigators, and we were very uh, intent on uh, evangelism, discipleship. And in my dormitory, there were a group of students who were from Morocco, and they were Muslims, and I didn't know anything about this, you know, Muslims. So we just kind of, they were other, and we left them alone. But I got to know them a little bit, and there was this big conference coming up that I wasn't that interested in missions, but it seemed like where all the really good Christians went, and they proved me some pretty girls and some fun. So I went, called Urbana. Um, and the speaker that year, the theme was Muslims, it's their turn. There was less than one missionary for every million Muslims, whole countries just untouched. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought somebody's got to go. Uh, you know, Muslims, it's their turn. 
And so I got a burden for that. And meanwhile, one of my acquaintances, Mohammed, was killed in a car accident. And my understanding of the gospel is there isn't a plan B. There's Jesus, and there's Jesus. Uh, so I thought that did not end well. So it really burdened me. And uh, it took years for, for God to move me towards, well, I was interested in going right away, had no peace about it. Looking back, I was not mature enough. Uh, but God eventually kind of shook me up through a, oh, a, a short-term trip. I was invited to speak at an environmental conference in a country I'd never heard of, Kazakhstan, uh, and joined a church planting team to do that. And it got me rolling again. Um, but yeah, it was some experiences, it was speakers, and it was just seeing that the nations are all over the Bible, God's heart for them. It's easy to think that missions is kind of the extra credit elective of the Christian life. You know, if it's you're interested, it's okay. Not a big deal. It's kind of an afterthought, to be honest. But there are like 1,500 verses in the Bible about the, God's heart for the nations. Um, it's a theme from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a process for me. Um, in terms of where we're at, sorry to circle back, hope it's okay. Uh, there are, I know what's a little bit about what's left. There are some ministries that that's what they do, is the ethnographic research, what is the task, how are we doing, how much do we have left. Uh, because Muslims are our specialty, I know that there are over 1,100 Muslim people groups that have no gospel witness. So we've got a ways to go. Um, and there's, I think there's even more Hindu groups and other people groups. Now the good news is that a number of agencies, um, including Wycliffe, got together, I think two years ago, and they set a goal that's audacious, but I think God likes the gift of audacity. It's a spiritual gift. Um, that uh, we would put a church plant, or a ministry team on the ground in every language or people group in the world by 2025. That's not far off. Um, now, not that everybody hear the gospel, but we'd at least start. Um, so that's exciting. You can be the generation, I believe. Not because you're, well, you're a great generation, I'm sure, but uh, not because of anything we do, but just God's timing. This is for such a time, Kairos, this is a Kairos moment that, uh, yeah, just like you've got the display about Billy Graham, the start of KTIS and the Roger Darren Chapel, you can be a generation that does something different. Uh, so I just kind of challenge, encourage you that God's looking for people to wrap this up. Yeah, I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, but um, I think for me growing up, my parents were really intentional about bringing missionaries into our home and just hearing their stories. And I think it began to become real to me and think, wow, these are people from the United States. I could do the same thing. And God's given me a real love for cultures and understanding people from their perspective. And I think um, just that love, God moved in my heart at a young age when I was hearing about what people were doing around the world. Um, and so I think, yeah, if you can right now, I would encourage you to get involved even right now. If you have no idea what God might be calling you to do, step out and befriend someone from a different culture. Go to an international restaurant, start building friendships with them. And I would really encourage you too, Pioneers has 
17 trips next summer for about 8 to 12 weeks all over the world. In the U.S., there's ways you can partner with just um, urban cities and pioneers, but then also all over the world for a short time. And I think that will give you a picture of like, what is God really doing? Is he calling me to this? And it's not like it was before where there's so much creativity now. You know, like one of the trips for this next summer is to go to the Pioneers headquarters and to try to create an app with some of the leaders in Pioneers of how people can actually be discipled by using this app. And so it's reaching people in the world where there's not even one witness for Christ. And so there's so much creativity um, where you can use your skills of whatever you're interested in, whether it be media or agriculture or community development or ESL. Um, so I would really encourage you to take a step today in your community and then maybe a short-term trip where you can really see what life is like and hear stories from real-life missionaries where they're on the ground working hard, praying hard. Yeah, um, I won't go into my whole story. I honestly grew up in a small town, didn't think anything particularly of myself or what my life was going to be. I was just thinking like, oh, school and middle school said that marketing was going to be a good thing to possibly go into. And then changed my major a few different times in college while I was still searching out spirituality. So I actually only really just surrendered my life to Jesus about five years ago. And I sit before you as somebody that, like, I'm not, I didn't grow up in, like, any specific missions-oriented thing. I asked my dad about what he would think if I became a missionary because of a church camp that I went to as a little kid where there was a missionary. And he was like, oh, I don't think that they make very much money, sweetie. And I love, I love my dad. So I was like, really respect, okay, that must mean that I shouldn't be a missionary. And, uh, but God... Later on, after me chasing after everything else that was spiritual, but Jesus wound up getting a hold of my life, and that was about five years ago, and um, filled me with the Spirit about a year later, and um, I just, like, was on the floor in my room and asked him, Lord, like, if you want to send me anywhere, even if it's Africa, I'll go. I was just reading Isaiah 6, and I felt like on the screen of my mind that I was in the throne room and it was like the angels were flying around me and God just said, who will go for us? And I was like, me? Send me. <laughs> and uh, so that's all, that's all it takes, honestly. Like five years later and uh, it's just crazy where the Lord will take you with just like a small mustard seed of Lord whatever it is, wherever it is, however it is. Like, he opened the door within three days after I said, even if it's Africa, it was three days later that my organization came to share with us about a trip, like an expedition, like what me and Zach lead to Zambia. So it was the next year that I went on a trip to Zambia and then went to our three-month training course for joining staff. And I wasn't sure if I was going to join staff. All I knew is that I wanted to go where the Lord wanted me to be. And he just made it clear that biblically, like this was the place that I had been wanting to be. And... So, and that's why I'm sitting on stage in front of you guys. It's not because I'm like anything like super duper special other than what Jesus calls me is like special enough to him to do things through me. And it's the same way with every single person in this room, every single person on this stage. So, yeah. Amen. Um, before we close in prayer, I know our time uh, is, is, is running out. Could we just show our appreciation for our three panelists? Just thank them for being here. 
Um, and I know all three of them <clears throat> will be willing to have conversations with you if you'd like to come forward and move questions uh, and uh, to just get to know them and, and maybe take the next step in being involved. So would you, would you close in prayer with me as we uh, end our time together? And I want to invite you right now in prayer to simply ask this question. Say, Holy Spirit, what is my next step? Holy Spirit, what is my next step? For everybody here in the room, for those that are watching online, Holy Spirit, what is my next step from something that you heard today? And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make that clear. Even for those that maybe have an impression upon their spirit right now or perhaps something that you'll reveal later throughout today, I pray that you would, you would grip our hearts for the lost, for those that are unreached, that you would open our eyes to see that the harvest is plentiful, yet the laborers are few, and I pray for the laborers in this room, for those online, those on this campus, Lord, that we would be ones who would say yes, that we would be ones that would lean in, that we would be ones that would say, here am I, send me. And whether that's across the street or across the globe, help us to notice right where we're at right now, that we don't have to begin participating in the Great Commission someday later or after we graduate. It's at every day, every day, um, 24-7, 365 reality. Help us to live in that we love you. We thank you so much for your global heart. We thank you that we get to be a part of your kingdom together. And may we be further equipped and encouraged as your ambassadors today. We pray this all. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Go in his grace today. You are dismissed.